It is indeed a new year, uh, so we're going to jump into a new sermon series, a new theme at uh, the beginning of this year. I suppose it's really a question uh, that, that I'm posing to you over these next few weeks because we're looking just this question really, how's your walk? Uh, 2020 is over, which I'm sure everybody is glad about. We're now into 2021. Um, but there's a point that we ask ourselves this question because we want to say, well, where are we? Because often the Christian life is described as a walk with God, a, a Christian walk or the journey that we're on. And um, before Christmas, as I was thinking about what the next theme was after uh, Christmas, there's a spiritual aspect to this, but there's also a uh, physical aspect. Last week, probably like most of you, because there is nothing else to do at the moment, uh, my wife and myself decided that we would go walking every day. Uh, that's a big thing for me, those of you who know me, because Christmas, much like the rest of the year, is about watching The Great Escape while eating a box of jelly babies. But So I decided that this would be the time to go out for a walk. So it had a practical aspect to it, but also a spiritual aspect. Uh, everybody walks. We all walk everywhere. Uh, and as a difference, you see, you know, those who do the running, the jogging, you know, those people, they're the show-offs, those ones. They like to <laughs> go out in their shorts and their T-shirts. I'm not looking at anybody in particular because I know there's some people in there that do the jogging. But so we all don't do that because it's, you know, it's a... But, the cyclists are even worse. If there's any cyclists in here, I apologise, but those are the ones that hold up all the traffic all the time and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but walking's something we all do. And so it's an aspect that we would understand. Uh, so part of the questions are, that we are going to answer, and you're answering them to me, it's you answer them in your own personal ways. Is where are you walking? How are you walking? Who are you walking with? How far are you walking? The Bible has a huge amount to say, and... In the Bible, walk means to follow a certain course of life and to conduct oneself in a certain way. It is a continued, consistent mode of behaviour. It's really the theme that uh, comes through uh, the words that I'm going to say both today and really across the whole series, so we shouldn't underestimate that consistent, constant daily walk with God uh, that is there. Often when we come to the beginning of a year and we're in church, and this is our first Sunday in church in the new year, it says preacher may get up and sort of direct people to some huge goals for this year or to what we're going to do as a church this year and that. And I just felt this was what God had laid on my heart, that just to encourage the people that actually let's not underestimate the consistent, constant uh, daily walk with God by faith that we have, that simply if we ask you the question, well, how are you? We measure that by, well, how's your prayer life? How's your Bible reading? What are you reading at the moment? It says, how's your fellowship? You know, and, and, and uh, a vision of this church for the three years which we wrote sort of pre-COVID uh, is to build. And it's still the vision of the church because one of the things that we want to do is not to build big church, but we do want to build big people where God is doing the work in their lives and changing them and directing them and, and guiding them. Uh, and so that's why we've come to this point here when we talk about asking people, well, how is your walk? And, you know, and walking in the Bible can often be translated as to live. Uh, the, this idea that, well, it's to live as well, you know, that, that how are you conducting yourself? What course of life are you following? 
From the beginning, it was God's desire that he wanted to walk with man. The enjoyment of a walking relationship that involved companionship and friendship, uh, dialogue, direction, decision-making. You know, Genesis 3, verse 8 says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God who was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And this obviously just before uh, the fall of man, as uh, you know, we see that picture there, and a tremendous picture, the garden of Eden, creation, that the God is walking in the garden in the cool of the day, but his desire is to walk in relationship with the people that he's created. And, and that's not changed, that's still what he wants to do. He still wants his people to walk with him. Uh, he still wants his people there with him. And all the way through the Bible, the beginning there, we see this theme of walking throughout the book of Deuteronomy, the Israelites are challenged many times to walk in obedience to God's commandments. Uh, if you type in on uh, a website like Bible Gateway, the Bible Concordance, just walk and look at Deuteronomy. There are many, many times it just simply says to walk in obedience, to walk and obey God's commandments. It was like the theme that runs through Deuteronomy, that the people had a choice, that they simply had to make sure that they were walking in obedience to God's commandments. And the reason God was doing this was uh, he was promising them victory and blessing in response to that walk walking in obedience. Uh, and that's really the challenge we come as we move into the New Testament. We see the word is used in various ways to ensure that the reader understands what correct conduct and living is and what it is not. That, that actually when you get saved, actually, the part of discipleship is, is this, it's this walking in Christ Jesus that it affects your conduct. Your, I've often said in church many times and that actually when we get saved and we give our lives over to Christ, it, it changes our belief, but that belief's got to flow down to our behaviour and then it, it affects our belonging as well, which is the, the church side and, and those three things. But Paul writes these words in Colossians 2 verse 6 to 6. He says, as youth therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Paul's writing to them, and he says, hey, once you've received Christ Jesus, this is the next step. He says, you've got to walk in him, but what does that mean? He's teaching them to live a life or conduct their life in a way that honours God and his calling, that their walk should reflect the love of Jesus, their commitment to the good works and also their, their, their wisdom and the truth and the love and the obedience in a sense that comes through in the walk that we have with Jesus Christ so we see the Bible as much to say in Ephesians we are introduced as Paul writes again that we're to walk worthy of our calling now let's not just associate calling with the ministry that somebody is called to it's a calling that each and every one of us have we're called by Christ to belong to Christ to believe in Christ and so to walk worthy of our calling is to simply actually in everything we do day by day everybody recognizes who we are walking with who we are it says something about who we belong to by who we are walking with. And so we see there as well in Ephesians, uh, Paul challenges them to walk as children of the light, but also as well to walk as wise, not unwise people. And so all the way through the New Testament, the theme of walking is simply to walk in the conduct and behavior that is expected of believers. And actually there is a difference. There are things that we should do and there are things that we shouldn't do, not as a set of rules, but as Paul writes to the Colossians, he said, listen, if you've received Christ Jesus, walk in him. 
And in walking in him, there's a recognition. This is who we belong to. This is who we're walking with. This is who is by our side every day. When John writes his first letter, he teaches the Christians not to continue to walk in darkness or to continue to live in ignorance uh, that simply is associated with sin and evil. He's really saying our walk should not be characterized by craftiness and cunning or such sins as immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and greed. He says our Christian walk should be characterized by newness of life, good works, love, wisdom, truth and obedience. In Romans and Galatians, we're taught to walk by the Spirit, and this is a manner of walking that is expected of all believers, that we walk by the Spirit. So all the way through the New Testament, but summing this part up in the introduction, it's helpful for us to understand this, that our walk represents our actions, and our actions are represented by our choices. And there is one thing that we all have in common, and that is that we make choices, and our choices will determine our actions, and our actions will simply determine our walk, who we are walking with, how we are walking, uh, where we are walking. Uh, and so the Bible gives us not only the advice of who we're walking with, but other things. And if you ever went go walking, last week I went walking uh, five days with my wife, and the, on two of those days I, I slipped over. Uh, I was holding the dog, the dog was dragging me down a muddy path. And um, it was a little bit like water skiing where the dog was pulling me down the path and I slipped over twice. I didn't do any damage to myself, you will be glad to know. But I realized part of the problem was that I was wearing the wrong footwear. Um, I'd found an old pair of Premark specials from a couple of years ago that I hadn't worn in a, in a long time, and, but there's no grip on them. And so walking down a muddy path uh, where we were walking, they didn't help me at all. And so there are different things that you can assist you in where you are walking and how you are walking. And, and so you would not wear the same shoes if you were climbing up uh, ice or snow as you would if you were walking just on a flat terrain. And so that is a practical aspect that we apply to the spiritual because our walk is so important and it's easy for us to stand up at the beginning of the year and simply say you know what we just need to make a lot of new year's resolutions most of us who make new year's resolutions and I don't make any of them because simply because I break them all by January the 2nd as I have done this year because I did break it yesterday at five o'clock watching the tv as I ate a bowl of apple crumble and lemon meringue pie <laughs> with cream on top. So I ended up, so I broke a New Year's, and I thought, that's not actually, I think, what people need at the moment. Let's make some big extravagant goals about uh, what, what's going to happen and what we're going to do and stuff. I said, let's not underestimate simply the power of consistency, of just being constant in what we're doing. How's your prayer life? How's your Bible reading? How's your studying? How's your fellowship? How's those things that, that help you? And so with that, if that will represent our actions and our choices we then have to do something and, and really that's covered the intro of this because I just want to just dig in a little bit deeper to the first passage and this is Paul writing to the church in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 5 to 8 when he says now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body we are absent from the Lord for we walk by faith not by sight we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. 
Somebody wrote this and they said, to walk by faith, not by sight, is one of the great but difficult truths of Christian living. People live, serve, and are willing to die for a God they have never seen. Yet we love him and live for him, living by faith, not by sight. It says the context for these verses that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth about is simply this. He says, they believed that Jesus Christ went to the cross for their sins and they could be forgiven, but they didn't believe in the resurrection. And so Paul is assuring them of the resurrection. It relates to us today because actually all the stuff that we believe, we have to believe by faith. We believe by faith, not by sight. We're in the same boat in a sense as the people that are reading this that actually Paul is addressing them and saying actually listen all of this stuff that's happened all of this stuff that's gone on he said you cannot do it without walking by faith he says we are the same today he said none of us have ever seen God we can say we have seen God work and we can say that we've seen what God can do in a particular person's life but we've never come face to face with him the majority of what we do is simply living by faith well where do we get that faith from in this world that we live in with so many half-truths. Well, it's this way, walking by faith, most importantly, is living according to the truth of God's word. In 2021, the problem that we have is everybody seems to discover something that is truthful every five minutes and then declares that's truth, that's what we need to live by. Uh, and so us as believers, what we have to do is we set an, a, an anchor point in a sense, a stake in the ground that simply says, no, this is the truth that we believe. And we believe that truth by faith because that faith is according to the truth of God's word that when God speaks it in his word we believe that and we set our lives to it and, and really that's what the world needs more than anything because nobody really knows what to believe anymore if we said the word fake news to people they would understand what that means because I think well that's news that's not true this is not fake news in 2021 we set the truth as an anchor for our souls as it says in Hebrews as a stake in the ground for us to always know that this is why we live by faith you see we, we have to understand that this walk by faith means to apply the faith that we have in God of every daily activity that we do. Walking is nothing remarkable in itself. It's one of the more mundane aspects of life that simply everybody does. And, and the theme for this chapter, as I've said, is that assurance of the resurrection. Uh, because what Paul does, he compares our earthly body to a fragile tent in, in contrast to our future heavenly body. Because he wants us to understand there is a walking by faith in a daily thing that we do day by day. But he's also trying to encourage them about the eternal hope that there is as well. And this eternal hope that we have by faith is this, that simply this fragile body, and my body is probably more fragile than yours, he said this is like a tent, he says, that at some point it will waste away, at some point I won't be here anymore, but the one thing that will last beyond the physical is the spiritual eternal hope that I have, that I believe day by day, walking by faith, not by sight. You see, if the tent is destroyed, if the bad things happen and I'm not here anymore, he says that eternal hope is still there because that's what it means for us to live by faith. Because Paul has already tried to share this with the readers. He simply, in the previous chapter, he's contrasted his light and momentary troubles, he says. He, he talks about his light affliction. Now, Paul went through, through some rough stuff, shipwrecked and beaten and all the other stuff that he went through, and he simply calls them light 
and momentary troubles. And well, why does he call them that? Because he weighs them with this eternal weight of glory and that eternal hope that he has by faith that actually what happens to him here is not the end. It's not the end of the story. It's not the finish. That in a sense, he's saying that, listen, I don't believe in what is temporary and seen. My hope is fixed on what is eternal and unseen. And he holds on to that, and he shares that with the readers here. And often when the trials are hard here on earth, it's not always easy to take comfort in our heavenly destiny. When things happen, and I don't know everybody's situation or circumstance in here, I don't know the troubles that you have maybe at the moment or you have had from last year or from what goes on. You don't know people have lost their jobs and you don't know people suffering with their health or their ill or financial problems or whatever affliction it is that that you are carrying at the moment there is a hope that comes through here because when Jesus goes and he dies on the cross he says that's not the end of the story he tells the disciples he says you all go wait in Jerusalem for there is one that is coming who is a helper who is the guide who is going to show you what you have to do and so the disciples wait there and the Holy Spirit comes and he not only imparts he not only fills them on the inside as God would be on the inside of us as believers he, he walks by their side and he leads them and he guides them and he shows them what they have to do. It's like this assurance that God gives and he's been giving for the last how many thousands of years? That actually he is the one walking by our side. He's the one walking in front of us. He's the one walking behind us, supporting us, to our side holding us up. And it's that truth of assurance that of he is walking sort of with us as we walk by faith as we walk by his spirit as we know that he is there and he gives it he says the spirit as a guarantee he backs up the promise of heaven with his down payment right now the holy spirit for being you you know we, we all know what a guarantee is and you know that it's a partial payment for something if you can buy something and you put a guarantee down that knowing that it's yours in the future you know one of the other words that it means is it's an engagement ring uh, for those who married and people understand that you know find a woman that you love he gets down on one knee and he proposes and he presents the engagement ring and the engagement ring is a guarantee that at some point in the future, they, there will be, he will, he will marry you. He will say, you are the chosen one. You are the one that I love. You are the one that I'm going to stand with in front of church and declare my allegiance of love. I can see you all so excited about that, but that's really what he's saying. It's like a guarantee of something has happened, but there's a full payment coming. And as we know, the men know with marriage, there's always a full payment. And so there's a full payment coming. Uh, And it's the image here that's given of what we have now with the Spirit walking by our side in faith. He's only part of what is promised to us in the future. That eternal hope guarantees full payment of the Spirit, of where we're going to be at home. And the presence of the Holy Spirit in Paul's life simply does this. It doesn't make him tingle and doesn't make him do strange things. He simply assures him of this, that God is at work in him and would continue his work as long as Paul walked in him. That's the consistent, constant that he is teaching here. 
Not actually the, this thing that people will have where we move from experience to experience when we talk about the Holy Spirit. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the consistent, constant reminder as we walk by faith day by day that God is with us, that he is helping us and encouraging us, leading us and challenging us to be the people that he has called us to be. Warren Wearsby said, people who walk by faith don't see obstacles they see opportunities. They see what God is going to do in their life and they allow God to do his work by his spirit. And really this coming through is this thought that let's not underestimate the consistent constant of walking by faith day by day in your relationship with God. My prayer for us as a church, as a people for 2021 and I thought to myself, as I thought about church last time with a few extra minutes, I thought about church last year. The church is very, very different last year. It's a challenge because uh, very different from what we'd done church for many years previously. And, and I thought to myself, I thought what people needed to hear was really this, that consistency, constant maintaining, sustaining of their walk with God that let God do the work and the life. And so this year, I wonder in 2021, if our prayer is let's live our lives walking by faith. We often think sometimes that faith can be only demonstrated by those taking great steps of faith. And we look at that and yet the Bible doesn't speak much on that as much as it does about people who are walking by faith in the everyday situations that they have to face and they do. Jesus taught the disciples faith in the three years that he had with them, but he taught them it day by day. Wasn't always lessons that they sat around the campfire and understood what Jesus was saying. They watched him and so they had to understand that this was the by faith the walking by faith he was trying to teach them and you see what if this year rather than setting these great new year targets we just committed ourselves to walking by faith daily faithfully consistently constantly in the word by prayer on a journey allowing God to build within us the stuff he wants us to become more like his son so said the vision of our church is to build and that's not changed and it's not about building big church but it is about God building big people and God builds big people by putting into them this stuff that they need to become more like his son and that's a challenge that we have as the church at the end of this year that every day was an opportunity for each and every one of us in our workplaces our families our schools our homes to simply walk by faith I finished with this in Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the faith chapter. And we finish here because I wonder where our journey takes us this year when we talk about by faith, because each and every one of us is at a different place on our journey. And there are some things that Hebrews chapter 11 speaks of when it speaks of faith and also the individuals that it mentions. It says, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. By faith, Abel bought God a better offering from Cain than Cain did. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as in his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful 
who had made the promise. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. The writer finishes with a few verses here, and he says this, he says, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses were turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. All those stories, by faith, by faith, by faith. I wonder for us as a church, as we've shared, at the other two services, what is your by faith moment this year? What is our by faith moment as a church this year? Because we are encouraged and challenged as we read these words, as we try to answer that question, how's your walk? And we begin the walk simply this way, we walk by faith. We walk by faith, believing whatever difficulties and challenges you are facing at the moment, you can have faith in a God who will not let you down, who will not let you go, who will show you the right answers and it will show you what you need to do. But each and every one of us have to take those two words by faith and apply it to our lives because this year God is going to answer our prayers and show us what we need to do. For we are a people that will walk by faith and not by sight.